Welcome to Nightmare 365. This is the center of weirdness for the entire planet. There's tons of unsolved mysteries out there. Witches still exist. What about monsters? Do you believe in ghosts? Bigfoot is not out there. Bigfoot is definitely out there. UFOs are real. UFOs might be real. Do you believe in conspiracies? I consider myself a conspiracy theorist. I want to believe in all these case files. Trust no one. The government lies to you. We're just two brothers exploring the unexplained, mysterious, and spookiness that lives among us. What's going on, all you mystery seekers? Welcome back to the Nightmare 365 podcast. I am Matt. I am Greg. We're here in studio. We're in studio together doing the podcast, which we love. For the first time since Matt got hitched. That's true. How do you, how do you feel? You feel like a different guy? Do I feel like a different guy? Different man? You a different man now? Sort of. Right. Not really. It's the same. All right. Okay. It's the same stuff. All right. You know? And if people haven't already... We would like you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hell yeah. We did a little pivot, which we talked about last week, and we're going to be doing strictly videos and some occasional live episodes of the podcast on location, like at the Myers house. But we wanted to talk about the last video we did, the investigation into Dancing Jesus. And the haunted cemetery that surrounds it. Yeah, that's true. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that. So if you haven't watched the video, go over and watch the video. Hit the bell for notifications, subscribe, but also there's going to be a lot of spoilers in here. So pause this if you haven't watched it and then come back. But what were your thoughts? What were your feelings? How'd you feel being in that cemetery? At first when it was like kind of, cause we went there like, I don't know, right? Like I would say like what? 40 minutes before like um, sundown. Yeah. And when it wasn't as creepy during the day, obviously, um, just because I guess you could see everything and, you know, see where everything is. Yeah. But once the sun started to set and go down, we started walking through the cemetery. It got it got creepy, man. It, it really did. did. And to let people know, what I'm trying to do with the videos, what me and Greg are trying to do with the videos is make it authentic as possible. This is not like staged. I want to reiterate that too, because we don't talk about that in the video. Obviously we just want you to enjoy the video, enjoy the experience that we had. And I know a lot of other YouTube channels or shows are really produced, but ours is just, we had an idea. We wanted to tell you the legend about dancing Jesus, which we talked about on last episode. So yeah, if you haven't looked that up, go look at the show notes or listen to the episode. But also, I just wanted it to be like fresh, you know, so like we had the legend, we, we wanted to film certain things, but then we went in and just kind of walked around. We were just exploring by ourselves to find a couple of graves that were in the cemetery. Now, what people don't know, and we didn't say in the video, is that it's two different cemeteries. Yeah, they're basically right across like a highway, though. So, yeah, they were like, they're, they're not far from each other, but... Yeah, we're trying to find two grave sites that are, you know, family to us. And in doing so, weird stuff started to happen. Like you were you were off in one direction. I was off in another direction. I kept like seeing lights and it wasn't like the candles or any like the lights that were on any of the graves. And there's no street lights, obviously, in the cemetery. 
and no one else was there but us. And I kept seeing lights, and I was like, all right, maybe that's Matt with his flash or his camera, but it wasn't. Yeah, that's weird because I didn't experience that. I, w- I was doing, I had the camera and I was doing most of the filming, like when I was by myself. And I didn't have any weird experiences besides when I got with you. Yeah. And then after you told me that, mm-hmm. I was sitting there and it was very humid. I know like the temperature was fluctuating that night and like that whole, there was a storm coming in. Yeah. So I don't know if, if this had anything to do with it. Because when I when we were together and you were telling me that story, the one time I talked, mm-hmm. there was like a mist. Yeah, it was you know, like a like, mist went by right to left. Yeah, I don't know if it was because the air was changing, and when I you know spoke, you know like when it's really cold out, and then you give a breath and you could see the breath. Yeah, but then we 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 both like tried to recreate it, and it didn't happen. Like, yeah, like right after that, right we after did, that, which that was weird. Because then in the video, you see Greg saying, dude, I got the chills from that. Well, yeah, because, again, like I was seeing lights and all of a sudden that happened. So it's like, what the hell What the hell went on? Yeah, that's true. I didn't tell you this, too, is when we, uh, you know, aired the video, a couple of, you know, people watched it. And one of our friends, Brian, said at about 5.11, he saw something move in the woods. Which I went back and watched a bunch of time. The only thing that I saw move, uh-huh. again, like I don't know if I can't pick this up because I'm not open enough. But he said he saw something move, and what it looked like to me was a flag in the background that moved. But okay. again, like we did cut a lot in the video, and yes, it is edited to the point, but it's not edited where it's like we're trying to make stuff happen. And I always no, because that was like real and genuine. Yeah, and that's what I and always you could see my reaction like. It's true. You can't. I mean, I, I'm sure some people could fake that, but I'm not going to fake that just to to make it up. No, trust me, I wouldn't either. And I want it to be authentic because, like, my goal of the whole hometown haunt series of you know myself and Greg going around to hometown weird places, haunts. yeah, hometown haunts in New Jersey is really just to set the vibe like we were back in high school, going around to places, you know when we looked them up and we were in New Jersey or, you know, when someone else told us a creepy story, that's like what I want everybody to experience it along with us. It was definitely creepy and it gave me, I don't, uh, I don't know if you put this in the video or not, like the goosebumps on my, my arms. Yeah. Like I teased it in the beginning where, you know, we said like, Oh shit, the mist. And then later on in the video, I played like the whole clip where we're talking and I said, you know, did you see that? And you're like, yeah. And then the, your face like kind of lit up and then you, you, you know, lifted up your arm and you said, yeah, that shit gave me goosebumps. Yeah, it was crazy. And then after that, like you explained the story with the lights and everything, but nothing else happened. No, nothing else happened. Like, cause where we had the experiences was in Fairview Cemetery, which is across the street from Mount Olive Cemetery, which the dancing Jesus and Vince Lombardi is buried. And we went back there later at night after that part of the cemetery. We went back to the Dancing Jesus, which if you shine your headlights on it, you turn them off, you turn it back on, and he like moves around. Which I can see why people think that. I think it's just an optical illusion with your car lights. You know, it's almost like a strobe light type deal. Well, yeah, especially too when 
you know, the camera, like the pixelated, yeah. you know, when it comes back into focus, when the lights are on, when the lights are off. I really remember that statue being a little bit bigger, though. Yeah, what I remember from high school when we first came into the entrance, and I always remembered it being like right there in the entrance. I know it's really close and around the corner, but I always remembered it like right when you came in the entrance, it was right there. Because I always felt like any car on the road could see us. So like a cop passing by could see us or anything like that. But yeah, yeah, I walked around there at night. I, I We looked around. There was nothing. Yeah, the only... The, the, that part of the cemetery, no, I didn't feel anything. The other one I did. Yeah, and to even to like reiterate too, we went down, which I didn't, I, I added a little bit, but I didn't add so much of it because I felt like it was kind of boring. We went down Cooper and Whipperwell. Yeah, and those are just two roads that are supposedly haunted, have like witchcraft, satanic cults the KKK, like all these weird stories. Also like the bridge on Cooper road. Yeah. You know, cause I did, you know, we talked about it on the video, but where I actually left that part in where you stop and you hear kids like playing, I guess because legend has it, they drowned by that bridge, which it leads by the Navasink river, which is really close to Bon Jovi's house. I think he sold that house, but yeah, he did. Yeah. Bon well, John Bon. Lives, yeah. John Bon Jovi lived over there. Slippery so one, what? Yeah. I thought that, Dude, that was your favorite album. That was, yeah, one of my first albums. My first album was actually Eve 6, the CD. Really? Yeah. You didn't get albums before that? No, that was my first CD. Interesting. I remember getting album, like CDs on Christmas. Nobody Beats the Wiz. Yeah, Nobody Beats the Wiz. I remember going by them all the time. I remember, yeah, every Christmas I would get a new Queen CD. Yeah. I, I remember that. like Green Day. That was one of my, you know, sixth, seventh grade. I was getting CDs, even though we had cassettes at the time. Awesome. I, st- I still have a lot of those CDs yeah. right here downstairs in the studio. No, but overall, like I, I would say everyone should go check out that video on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, please like, subscribe, share the video, help us out. Uh, if you're liking, you know, the podcast. It is absolutely Fantastic. You'll definitely like that video. Yeah, it's definitely fantastic, too. And, so, uh, yeah, just help us out. And if you can, subscribe and like the video. That would be great. Heck, yeah. All right. We're going to talk about a couple things on today's episode. This is a little long intro. We'd like to do that, share some stories. And I think maybe we should keep doing that after we have some videos, you know, when we post them. Maybe give it a week. And then on the next episode of the podcast, give it a wee, give it a wee, give it a wee now. Yeah, you just, you really do. Who I forget the guy's name, you know. They don't like you yelling random shit on the show. Why not? Because you, you're just very random sometimes. So what? All right, let's jump into the next topic. Well, without further ado, let's dig in. So I found this article. NASA had a UFO briefing with the Department of Defense Task Force, and no one knows why. This was actually leaked out from the Black Vault who does a lot of Freedom of Information Acts, like request. Mm-hmm. And I found this really fascinating. And it also opens up the doors, I think, to a lot of discussion. I don't know if you read the article at all. Yeah, it's pretty long. Yeah, a couple people. This was found on interestingengineering.com, which I'll share in the show notes for sure. Let me just link that page so I know to share it in the show notes. I mean, it makes sense of why they had a briefing with everybody. I mean, especially. I mean, especially since all these private entities are now going into space. 
and which the, I find fascinating. And the flow Why? of information is going to be not as controlled as you know just NASA or the government or whatever you know other countries are going in. But you have Jeff Bezos and uh, the guy from Virgin Galactic. What's his name? Um, Richard Branson. Yeah, Richard Branson. And then you probably have Elon Musk going up soon. You think so? Yeah. And so I think they'll Jeff share Bezos. their experiences more so than like a government official. Yeah. So are they worried about it? Is that like the thing or are they really trying to capture it? And the article, which a couple points that I found not so much fascinating, but like, all right, it makes total sense mm-hmm. because the article goes in the Department of Defense established the UAP task force UAPs. in August of 2020 created to improving the understanding of and gain insight into the nature of origins of unidentified aerial phenomenon. Basically UFOs. They just changed the fucking name. Yeah, and I think we talked about this before, and I think they changed the name just to, like, throw it off when they say, like, oh, you know, are UFOs real? And they're like, UFOs aren't real. But then UAPs are. Yeah, exactly. I I feel like that's what they're kind of doing with this shit, you know. And it said in the first month of operation, the organization, organization held a briefing with NASA to discuss UFOs in secure setting, according to the document which was obtained through the Freedom of Information Act through the Black Vault, which I think he has some great stuff. And I always follow, like I have a Google search just for the Black Vault. because he always, Yeah, Greg's, there you go. Greg's yelling some shit out again. Dude, get out of here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just, he's always posting new information. He wrote a couple books too. And he's become quite Black popular. Vault Black Vault 2, Black Vault 3. That's not what they're called. I'll actually send you the books because I think you would probably really enjoy them. Probably. I haven't read all of them, but again, they're on my Amazon wish list. But what I found fascinating with the article and really just what you know makes sense to me is they're getting with NASA because obviously satellites, the International Space Station that's up there, and I'm sure they want access to some of the cameras some of the information, sure. you know, images that they get to see on a daily basis, which a lot of other people, you know, like us or maybe even them do not get access to. And that's that's what I surmise like the kind of briefing was about. Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, to make nice and and be like a team player and like I'll share what we know and then you can share what you know. Yeah, but do you think they're the like the Department of Defense or you know whatever this program or whoever else is involved is actually gonna give you no. know NASA information? Probably not everything. Probably just some things. Yeah. So like I watched like a, a documentary the other day about you know Area Fifty One. Yeah. And why it was created, and how it was created, and like why it was picked, and everything like that. And uh, they were saying back then, or even like even still today, some of these aircraft that are being tested, like if if anyone sees them, pilots, and we talked about this before, like people would think they're UFOs, like the U two spy plane, like how fast and how high it, it it went at that time. So you think it's like a diversion? Some are, like I said, I think ninety nine percent are. are Government technologies that we don't have any idea of, and the other one percent is is aliens. So you think just one percent? Probably more, but you know I, I'm not really sure. Yeah, next week's episode we're going to be talking about the night crawlers, and a lot of people think 
the Fresno Nightcrawlers, which they've been dubbed. But uh, a lot of people believe they're some type of aliens. Those are yeah. Those are really freaky. You know what they remind me of? Like almost like wishbones. Walking. Yeah, they do. So they're tune in for creepy. next week's for the Nightcrawlers. But yeah, like that was one of the things too. I just find it interesting now. All of a sudden, everything starts to be leaked out. Yeah, you know, like these slowly these it's articles drips and drabs because then like years later from that they're like, well, we've been telling you this for years that UFOs are real, aliens are real, and yeah, that yeah, we're but going in, to Mars. In this article, and then also the Freedom of Information Act, they didn't really say they never you, really do say you know they never yeah they never said anything about like UFOs or obviously the UAPs, but. They just said they had meetings, and no one knows what the meeting was about. Like every, everything's so you know classified that we're never gonna know. You really want to know? Go read the day after they found the wreckage at Roswell. I heard about that book. Who wrote that book? Do like, you remember? Like the guy who was the media relations for the Roswell base, who at the time of the Roswell crash was the only what was it called again? Squadron. What the book? Uh, I forget the book's name. Uh, what'd you say though? So the day after Roswell, right? They the guy discussed what they actually found in the Roswell paper the next day. Yeah. Um, and there, you know, that squadron of the Air Force was the only atomic bomb squadron in the United States at that time. So they were they were up on uh, like the most advanced technologies that the government has, right? And they would know what's an aircraft and what's not and what's, you know, what technology is not. And they said definitively it was a UFO. And then obviously a couple of days later, they had to retract that statement and be like, oh, it was a weather balloon. Like, I'm sorry, if you're the expert on government technologies and you're the expert on, you know, even atomic bombs, you, you, you know what a weather balloon is. Of course. Obviously, so you know, the first... We knew back then that they're real. Yeah, Corporal... Philip J. Corzo, obviously retired, and he was a member of President Eisenhower's National Security Council and former Foreign Technology Desk, I don't know what that means, in the United States Army. Yeah, and it's the, the day after Roswell. Like even the guy took a piece home to his kid, and I think that kid wrote a book, and he was saying like he tried to shape, you know, whatever he bent the the metal into it looked like sheet metal he said or like tinfoil yeah and it would just go right back it would just go right back to what it was like yeah it every, was, it's the same concept as like batman you know when he was flying the suit it, it would go down it would put electronic current through it and it would be the bat suit yes yeah, see why aren't they working on stuff like that why is have no billionaires instead of going to space become batman well I, i've seen that <laughs> meme a lot i know they I, were like you know you have Billions and billions of dollars instead of going to space. Like, wouldn't you want to be Batman? Well, think about this too. Like, with all like the, do they know something's coming that we don't? Oh, and they, also, do they do, we're fucked. do you think like these billionaires are preparing for something catastrophic? Whether it's you know, or is this just like an ego thing? I think it's an ego thing. Like, oh, like I have so much money, I just want to go to space. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I wonder about. And I wonder if, if there's something else coming down the line, like with this alien stuff, are they really going to start exposing stuff or have they just been working on this technology for years? But then how come we haven't seen more of it? Like and, more technology come out? Well, the thing I think about too, like where we, we talked about this and you just mentioned it before where, you know, they set up a base 
at Area 51 to test all these secret, you yeah. know, projects. But then how come we haven't seen, you know, like the disc shape, you know, flying around? And they said, you know what? After 50, 60, now what? How many years? You know, almost 100 years, 80 years later, you know, we haven't seen a disc that's used by the military or something. See, that always it makes me wonder when people say, well, you know, they're working on secret projects. Well, I mean, the, but then we the, still haven't the seen the stealth this. bomber was like the last big thing. Right. But we haven't like, is it some type of technology that's not flying disc? You know, is it something totally different? I mean, it could be like biological weapons now. Like, I mean, look at the. Look at the virus. Yeah, Look but like you uh, know what I'm saying. Like, no, I hear you. They, they've been working on this, you know, classified, whatever it may be, and, and everybody's seen discs. And then how come, like now, after 80 years, maybe they're just trying to reverse engineer and they can't. I mean, I mean that's most likely plausible, but at the same time, like that's my thing. It's like, all right, or maybe like one hasn't crashed in a long time, or they. They got all the technology they could like out of it and they don't know where to go from there. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that like it just opens up so many, you know, doors and questions and I guess we'll never know because like you, you, we get these pieces of information, whether it's from the Freedom Information Acts or somebody writing a book and then it's like how much more information or how much more truths does somebody need to speak until we start to say like, all right, this is true. But at the end of the day, I believe in aliens. I believe in UFOs. I believe they've been here before. Do I still, you know, think they're still coming? Maybe not. But I, I don't know. I think they are. We you think they're still coming? Yeah. Like, go back and like watch the show Ancient Aliens and like different cultures around the world. What like ten thousand years ago saw aliens? So oh. it's like nineteen forty-seven. Yeah, but is it a different species or is it a different time? You know. Like, I know you don't believe in, like, the time thing and the time travel. Well, it's hard to wrap your head around, which I get it. But at the same time, like, it makes sense. It does make sense, but I think there's how many ever different alien species, so... There's just too much going on. There is, and then, like, probably only half of them have been here, and, like, the other half are trying to get here. True it's fascinating. So I don't know if you have your own thoughts, definitely share with us. And I'll mention again, I'll mention at the end of the, you know, the show, you know, send us an email or give us a call. 732-660-8893. I'll give out mom and dad's cell phone number. You can't even remember our number. How are you going to give out mom and dad's cell phone number? I know moms. You know moms by heart? Yeah. Do you know mine by heart? Yes. I uh, plug it in all the time when I go to Whole Foods. What do you mean you plug it in all the time? Amazon Prime. Oh, so you get the discount? Yep. Oh, yeah, it's, that is true. I, for, I forgot about that. Amazon I the last time I was in Whole Foods was, yeah, I haven't been there in a long time. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, we got one more crazy story, and this is more of a story than any kind of conspiracy or, you know, like thought-provoking question about, like, UFOs. This guy's freaky as hell. Yeah, th- this picture is creepy. This is a real-life You think he got murder. that done at Sears? Remember Sears used to do those, like, like uh, photos? Yeah, so what Gray's referring to, which I'm also going to share, this article that came from iHorror.com. There's a bunch of different articles, too. Actually, I might share this. You know what? I'll share the actual case file for this before I, I share the, 
because iHorror.com also did it. So look them up if you want. This article is actually from July 21st, 2014. And we'll put a thumbnail of this guy's picture on our Instagram because this is weird. Yeah, well, yeah. When the <laughs> little, I'll I'll add Sears too because he probably had it done at Sears. Yeah, you could talk about the real life murder. I mean, a lot of horror movies have real life, you know, events like that are tied in, like a loosely based, and Jeepers Creepers, which I thought was a really good movie. Yeah, well, let, one of them. Let's set the stage. You know, most people don't know what we're talking about. We know what we're talking about, but do you know what we're talking about? I want to share, before we get into this, I'm going to share this clip from Unsolved Mysteries that aired in 1991. Unsolved. Or, no, sorry. Nine, yeah, this episode first aired March 20th, 1991. I haven't found the exact episode of it, but this is, this is by far my, like, I just love the music to this. And not only music, it's just a weird story. And this story that happened in the early 90s inspired the movie Jeepers Creepers and the whole opening scene. And that's where like the iHorror.com comes into play because the real life killer that inspired Jeepers Creepers, the whole opening is exactly verbatim the opening of Unsolved Mysteries. So I'm going to play the Unsolved Mysteries episode where they talk about this crazy-ass case. I just love this music. Hosted by Robert Stack. It just gives me the chills with this. Easter Sunday, 1990. A lonely road, 12 miles outside of Coldwater, Michigan. Ray and Marie Thornton set off on a leisurely drive in the country, as they did every weekend. But in just a matter of minutes, the routine Sunday outing would place this ordinary, law-abiding couple at the center of a strange and ominous mystery. We were driving south on Snow Perry Road, and uh, all of a sudden, a van was just on us and passed. This guy coming around us, honey. He sure is in a hurry. There he goes. Jeezy. Jeez. Must be in a hurry. One of the things we do when we're out driving around is we make names out of license plates. And uh, Marie came up with the G's. He's, he's really in a hurry because the first two letters of his license plate were GZ. And it was just spontaneous, really no thought behind it. Several miles down the road, the Thorntons came across the man and the van a second time. As we approached an old schoolhouse, I saw a man behind it, and he had what appeared to be a bloody sheet. As we continued passing the school, I saw the van parked between the building and a big tank. There's the van that passed us. Where? It's right there. Minutes later, the van pulled up behind them again and rode their bumper for nearly two miles. I'm going to start writing this stuff down. Our game really paid off because that helped me remember the first two letters of his license plate number. But we wanted to get more, if possible. Well, he's got a white skull cap on right now, like mine. Finally. A nervous Ray Thornton turned off the highway. When he did, the van pulled to the side of the road. 
we decided to turn around and come back and uh, see if we get a license plate number. We felt if we could get the license number, then we could turn into the police. The guy was acting very suspicious, and uh, we just felt that authorities should be notified. There he is. What is he doing? No, he's in the back of the van. He looks like he's changing. He is. He's changing plates. He was behind his van with uh, the passenger front door open. And I saw that the passenger door was covered with blood. There's blood all over that door. What door? The passenger door. That guy has done something. He's... He has. The Thorntons feared that something unspeakable had happened. They returned to the schoolyard to search for the sheet. Well, I was beginning to get nervous when we got back to the schoolhouse. Uh, we were very careful about where we walked. We tried to find what this white thing was that he had been carrying. Look, look. I see it. That's probably it. Partially stuffed into a small animal hole was a blood-soaked blanket. There's definitely blood, all right. Let's go call it, please. Dude, it's creepy just to watch that reenactment. I'm definitely going to share this as well in the show notes. So if you want to watch the whole video and look at the comparison between Jeepers Creepers and the broadcast from Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, the only thing that really changed up in Jeepers Creepers was it was a church instead of a school. Yeah, but like the but it was basically yeah the same same premise like the the, the siblings would play like the uh, license plate game. The van passed and they yeah, saw him dumping the body. Yeah, it wasn't husband and wife. It was brother and sister, and obviously the whole premise of the movie is about this winged creature. And it was a good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. I, I, when I looked it up and I saw that it was, you know, came out in 2001. Yeah, that's crazy. 20 years ago. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was actually much later. Yeah, and the main character, the kid. Um, Justin Long. Yeah. Played by Justin Long. Yeah, he was in, like, a, like after that, was in a, a bunch of big movies. Yeah. But this inspired you know, a movie. And I feel like we've talked about this a lot of different times, just me and you, like how many movies are based on, yeah, real life, you know, real life scenarios. Well, there was like, um, um, I was looking up when you sent me this, like a, there was like 30 horror movies that were based on real life. You know, a lot of them were like Amityville horror, like the, you know, oh, Exorcist and everything Chucky, like that. Yeah. Chucky, Texas, Scream, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But there was one like even Halloween. Yeah, uh, Halloween. John Carpenter and Deborah Hill got the inspiration from a lot of the, you know, the babysitter killers, all that stuff. But there was one, Open Water. Did you ever see that one? It came out in like 2017 or 18. Was that just the two people that were in? Yeah. And they got eaten by a shark. Yeah. So that one was kind of cool too because they said there was a couple. They were in Aust- Queensland, Australia, on a um, like a diving exposition with a bunch of people off a boat. And they went off on their own, and then when they came up, the boat was gone. And the boat didn't report a missing until the next day, and there was a week-long search and everything like that, and they only found bits and pieces of their scuba gear. That sucks. So Yeah, this one's creepy in its own right. The guy's just creepy as shit. Yeah, and I always think, like, the movie 
the movie's the movie, so I never take, you know, verbatim what it is as far as the real life's when it's, like, based on true events or this true life story. But this crime is just like any other crime that's been committed, you know, not just in the United States, but around the world. Yeah, like he... he, Dennis DePoe. Yeah, the guy, he killed his wife because she filed, allegedly filed for divorce and dumped her body behind a school. Yeah, it's gruesome because of that, just because... They were married for 18 years. Uh, they were in their 40s. And I guess he claimed that, she, you know, she was dividing, you know, the kids and pinning them against him. Yeah. And he just seemed like an angry dude. But, like, when but, you see well, the when pictures. When they caught him, like, what, he commit, he committed suicide after they caught him. Yeah, you you, you jumping ahead I'm in just saying, story. like. But, damn, Greg but, doesn't want to share this story with you. I want to share this story with you, you know. It's just it's just amazing to me how people snap like that though. Yeah, he beat her up and he he took her out and in the case that I read, he shot her in the head, but it, yeah. you know, in this one that they talked about in Unsolved Mysteries, this was from, from fandom.com that he beat her up and then I guess eventually did shoot her and then stuffed her body behind this old school abandoned schoolyard and eventually was on the run. And he left and was on the run. He was, where did, um, cause it wasn't until, and this happened in 1989. I think and, 1990. Or, oh yeah. Well, I guess it started in 18 or 1989. And yeah. then eventually on Easter Sunday, April 15th, 1990, when he arrived to pick up the two kids after the, their, you know, their divorce was going through and he had kind of biweekly custody of them, you know, the kids kind of refused to go with them. And then he snapped and then started beating her up. They called the cops. He eventually, like, I guess, fled with her, killed her, dumped her body, and, you know, said he was going to take her to the hospital. I'm sure the kid's young at the time because it doesn't mention how old they were at the time. No, it doesn't. And that's when they said later that afternoon, Ray and Marie uh, Thornton were going on a Sunday drive, which Snow Perry Road near Coldwater... I forget exactly where this took place. Michigan, right? Yeah, I think it was yeah. in Michigan. It Michigan. Doesn't, it doesn't say in the article. But then they were playing the license plate game, and they saw this guy following him, like what you just heard from Unsolved Mysteries. And then this guy fled, you know, went off. And then, like it always happens, he, you know, lives a different life. You know, you always seem this... I've watching unsolved mysteries, watching Dateline, watching all these true crime horror, you know, shows. Yeah. It seems to happen all the time where they go on, they get remarried, you know, they have maybe kids again. And then later on, I guess in 1990, right? Was it 1990 when the episode aired? Oh, sorry, 1991. Man, I'm getting my days mixed up. The unsolved mysteries aired March 20th, 1991, where they broadcast this which eventually became the inspiration for Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers. Heck yeah. And then a woman named Mary arrived home in Dallas, Texas, when she came inside her boyfriend, Hank Queen at the time, <laughs> told her that uh, you know he had to leave soon because his mother was sick. He asked her if she could make him a couple sandwiches for the trip. She noticed that he was packing several items in the suitcase. He seemed you know, to distract her from what was on TV. He left a few minutes later. And later that night, Mary learned that Hank was actually Dennis DePoe. How do you, like, I mean, I guess, it, you know, it's a different time back then. 
you don't really there's there's really no internet or you know anything like that, so you really don't know. Yeah, and you probably can't look it up like as easily as you can now. But well, yeah, just picture back in the 1990s when we would go out anywhere. A mom and dad either came with us and sat in a car while we played somewhere, or when we went on long trips, dad would you know look on maps and actually map it out. Yeah, the map, and then it was very early on, later in the 90s when you would go on like MapQuest uh, and yeah. then print the maps out to know where you're going. You know, I remember I did that once, but the map cut off. Right. So I was like, I don't know. I think that road connects to like Highway 90. So if I just keep hitting west, I'll hit it, you know. And it never does. No, it did. It did. Yeah. yeah. All right. I All found right. my way home. All right. Yeah. It's a, and Dennis's story, just like many others, you know, end in another tragedy where he committed suicide. He went on a 15 mile high speed chase across, you know, two police barricades and it seemed like a couple towns when it, I guess was started in Texas and ended up in Mississippi. And then when cops fired at his tires to slow him down, he started, I guess, firing back when it stopped, fired three shots. And then he turned the gun on himself and committed suicide. Such a, I don't know, coward way to go out. Yeah. But is it, or do you just say to yourself like, dude, big, I'm caught. Let's just get this over with. Yeah, but then you're just gonna live the rest of your life in jail. That's why, like, if you if he did this, he should have went to like South America. Well, that's what I I find just fascinating go. about like these people. Go somewhere else. Is like this guy kills his wife, buries her, you know, and then goes on to like live another life. Like, if you were that distraught of like losing your kids, you obviously are not seeing your kids anymore because you moved states away. And then eventually, I don't know, like the same thing that you're angry about or that you're distraught about, you kind of do it to yourself because you can never go home. Yeah. That's that's why you just leave that behind, go to a different country, man. I mean, I guess. I mean, I feel like you could still live in another state and just not have as much interaction. Like, don't get married or don't have a girlfriend or That's don't, true, yeah. you know, have somebody. But it seems like this is always the case with a lot of these. I think they just can't help themselves. Yeah. Do you think this guy was always like this? Or, yes. But he didn't seem to kill again. That you know of. True. But like it, a lot of cases go unsolved murder-wise and homicide-wise. So do you think he might have killed States? again? Yeah. Like he was just... There's a good percentage that they do. Yeah. Um, usually, the like I said to you like a bunch of times, the first time somebody kills somebody is when they get caught. If they kill somebody and get away with it, they'll do it, they're, they'll do it again. I mean, he didn't get caught the first time, but right. obviously like they knew it was him and there was a manhunt yeah. for him. So, I mean, you can't change that face. That's a weird ass face. Yeah. And it didn't seem like it took that long. Obviously, when it happened, it was almost a year later. So it just, it's amazing that it, he just Surprised moved he on that quick. Yeah. And then had a girlfriend that quick. Oh, just by the look at him. Yeah. He, like, this does scream. Like, if you look at the picture, this does scream like horror movie creepiness I'm a written killer. all over. And what's fascinating too is if you think about the broadcast, right? The broadcast came out in the 90s and like the recreation where they talked about, you know, the Thorntons going back to the scene. Mm -hmm. Like imagine today, nowadays, 
Well, it'd be so easy to, to... Well, yeah, of course, because everything would be filmed. Yeah. But, like, think about that. Think about even today doing this. You saw somebody that looked like they had a bloody sheet, that they might have just killed somebody. They were just chasing you down for two miles, mm-hmm. you know? All of a sudden, to circle back, you know, and then try to get a look at his license plate. Like, the guy could have just pulled out a gun and started shooting them. Which I'm surprised he didn't. Right, because he made tons of mistakes. Like, if they saw him, again, like, just leave him alone. Yeah. Like, all right, they might have saw your plate, they might not. Like, what are they going to say? Like, hey, we saw this guy on the side of the road. Police might have just said, like, all right. Well, yeah, the guy made a mistake. He should have just went back and cleaned it up and went on his way. And right, instead of, instead of chasing them. But yeah. then again, like, would you go back to, like, this scene of the crime? or No, because you know, like, he's going to come back. I mean, right. if he was smart, he would have went back and shot him right there. So Marie and Marie just said, you know what? We're going to go back, and we're going to look around the schoolhouse. We were out for a Sunday drive, and the yeah. guy started shooting at us. I don't know what happened. Yeah, like, I don't think I would go back. But nowadays, I could just sit in my car and call the police and just let them know. Yeah, I would. I would have called the police. Man, he, he, yep, he's on my tail. So where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to go? Yeah, this one is just creepy and just it stood out to me. And I'm glad this article came up because Jeepers, creepers. I didn't remember the episode either from Unsolved Mysteries, and then I watched it and I was like, oh shit, I do remember this episode. I'm trying to actually watch the whole thing and. Watch that episode from 1990 because I had it. I had it before G came into the studio. I was watching some unsolved mysteries, dude. They just, I don't know, something about it just reminds me of like being a kid getting creeped out. It's just unsolved <laughs> and it's mysteries. I mean, are they really unsolved? Some are, yeah, some are, but with your help. What was that guy's name? Robert From, Stack? No, not Robert Stack. I trust me, I knew Robert Stack to the T. What was it? Uh, I forget the name of the show. Like, oh, America's Most Wanted. America's Most Wanted. What was um, that guy's name? Brought Walsh. Uh, something Walsh. Yeah, with your help. Yeah, we'll catch him. That was also a good show. Yeah, it was. I liked also Rescue Nine One One. That was a good show. Greg's Greg's just t- that was tired. a good show because he what the I don't really remember the ambulance underneath the tree. In the beginning for the intro. Yeah, we should look that up. Rescue 911 intro. When did that come out? Who the fuck knows? What do you mean, who the fuck knows? Anything can be Googled nowadays. Rescue 911. Oh, shit, he did that? William Shatner was the presented by William Shatner. There were seven seasons. Seasons one through three. I was just looking up there, the information. Again, like, look at... John Walsh was America's Most Wanted. John Walsh and William Shatner was Rescue 911. That's crazy. All the stuff came out in the 80s and 90s. Just like Unsolved Mysteries, 89 to 96. I'm going to look up the intro. Did you look up the intro? The 80s and 90s for movies and TV shows. I'm going to play it. You want to play it? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to play it. Hopefully there's no, like, commercial for it. It's so 80s or 90s, like the commercials. This program contains true stories of rescues. All the 911 calls you hear are real. However, whenever possible, the actual people involved have helped reconstruct the events that happened. I would not want to reconstruct like something that happened to me.
I don't remember this opening. I think it was each episode they did. Hosted by William Shatner. Yeah, I do not remember this opening. Should I share this in the show notes? This is funny. Just look it up. God awful. This was pretty bad. Very bad. Yeah, this is a bad opening. I'll stop it. So no, no wonder they got canceled. They were on for seven seasons. No wonder they were on wrong with seven seasons. Yeah, this was this is definitely not a, a catchy opening like Unsolved Mysteries or anything else. Had to had to stop that. I don't remember that at all. But that's kind of cool. See, going down nostalgia lane. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So we talked about UFOs. Talked about true crime. And we also talked about our YouTube video. If you haven't watched it, go over to our YouTube channel, like, subscribe, and share the video, please. Heck yeah. And thank you for tuning in to today's episode of our podcast. Every Wednesday, a new podcast drops, so make sure to follow along wherever you listen to podcasts. I mean, we're pretty much on everything. I don't think there's a platform that we're not on on the podcast. And then you can also listen to our show through our website, Nightmare365.com, and definitely share some stories with us. I... I want more people, you know, like experience stories because I also want to go to some of these places that, you know, people talk about and not just, you know, me finding them and reading them. So tune in, make sure to subscribe, like Greg said, to our YouTube channel. That's going to be the biggest help. And a couple other things that I want to add before we get out of here is there's a couple ways you could support the show. We haven't been doing anything on Patreon, which I didn't mention on last episode, but in the show notes, a way to support us is you could buy us some coffee for the show. Buy us some drinks. There's a link to that. Buy us coffee. And we also have our Venmo. So if you just want to throw a couple bucks. I don't. I hate doing that. That's so stupid. But I just wanted people to be aware of it. That's in the show notes. So that's a good way to support us. All our contact information is down there. From our PO box. All that. Everything. Nightmare 365. And until next time, you know what to do. Stay spooky.